When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Hello, beloveds. Happy Friday. This week flew by, kind of, but it was damn busy for me. I'm still playing catch up from last week, doing all the things. I still haven't unpacked. From my trip to Dallas, which was like a week and a half ago, I'm like, are you guys un like forever unpackers where it takes you, you just kind of trickle things out of your suitcase or you get home and you have to do everything. Like I'm the type of person that I pack last minute because if I don't, I'm going to pick stuff out and I'm going to forget it. And then I, it takes me forever in a day to unpack things. I don't know if that's an ADHD thing, probably. Um, but I also like do stuff like that weird, like with Christmas, I hoard my stuff. Like my husband always thinks like, do you not like the stuff I got you? I was like, no, I'm just hoarding it literally. Like, <laughs> cause I want to keep it new and nice and pretty and I'm a weirdo, but yeah, I should probably get on that tomorrow. But I was really busy working on a lot of orders today and I'm so excited for you guys to see this new Halloween stuff. A lot of the, uh, we got this fam, got to see it. And the people that came out to the five West pop-up last weekend and I posted those photos um, on reallyreallypodcast.com. So you can go check that out. I also, I know I'm very late to the game and my apologies. I posted so far the people that I have for the teacher clear the list so you can help buy some of their classroom wish lists. Um, yeah, I know school started today, at least for my kid, but, uh, or Wednesday, it's never too late to give a teacher a little donation because they have literally been so instrumental in lyric growing and learning so much. And a lot of you guys have asked me, how did his first day go? He took it like a champ. He's like, oh, I'm used to this now, mom. But it was very different this year walking him to the first day of school. Because last year, it was like I took part of the show off and it was like strife there. And I I was present, but I was also kind of sad. Not sad about that, but like, you know, just I had a heaviness to me. And this year it was like I got up. I made my kid lunch. I helped him do his hair. I put together his little outfit. He wore his little messy jersey, the new one that we got this army fam gave him. And it was so special because he loves it so much. And you guys literally like just moved my heart so many times, especially since I got let go, but all the time. And it's not, yeah, the shit you guys will send is so amazing for the boys. But when you do that, it just it makes me feel like they also have a little army around them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, he loves his teacher. He's grown too damn fast. Um, yeah, it, it was a really peaceful day. So it was cool. But today I want to talk to you about this whole Rachel Levis and Bethany Frankel scandal ball interview. So I started to talk to you guys about it couple of podcasts to go to that point. I had only listened to part one. There's three parts. I, it took me this long 
because it's been out for like a week, two weeks to listen to it because I was just like, no, Bethany, no. <laughs> so I've been a Bethany Frankel fan for a really long time. Like Marshall, a couple years ago, my husband got me a candle that was like, you know, St. Bethany or whatever as a joke. But it's like I have kind of started to not lose respect for her, but kind of go like, like you're, you're I don't know, like you're, I don't know her for shit for in real life, you know, because you never do. But it's just like from what she would stand for, for most things, it seems like she's, how do I say this, maybe bending the rules just a tad too much to get ratings on her podcast. And hey, I love a good like clickbait thing, but I think that there's certain things that maybe you, I don't know, maybe you just don't do for that. Like, and that might bite me in the ass later if I ever do something that people might go, ugh. So the way that I think about it is this. I don't like that she is, talking about all this stuff and basically slamming Bravo for all they're doing when that was the thing that literally gave her every single thing she has now. I'm not saying she owes the rest of her life to Bravo, Bravo, but she talks so much shit about it. And it's like you left and came back. And she says, like, I think it was either in her book or one of her podcasts that it was like, oh, I, you know, I just was bored. I need a creative outlet. Bullshit. Like you, well, okay. I don't know her, but you probably went back for the money. And that seemed like what this entire podcast was about. Money, 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 money. There was so much to unpack. Like, the third episode, I just wanted to puke the entire time. Because first of all, as a person that as a broadcast professional for 20 years, which makes me sound old as fuck, but whatever, audio quality is everything. And this bothers the fuck out of me when celebrities that have all of the money, all of the assistance at their disposal, all of the best of the best that they could have and their audio sucks. I don't know how many times I heard bad edits in her podcast where it was like she would say something and then she would repeat it right after and maybe not to the trained ear, but to me, I know when there's an edit there, I can hear it. So you stop and you're like, you know, I'm talking about Scandival and then all of a sudden Rachel, but, oh shoot, she's calling herself Rachel or Raquel. Okay. And all of a sudden Rachel did it, you know, but that like, I would say all of a sudden Rachel, all of a sudden Rachel, like, uh, that, that irritates the shit out of me. It's called continuity. You know, like I used to always say that I would have been good at continuity. Like that's a job actually in movies where it's your job to find those like bad edits or bad cuts. Like I'll never forget which ocean's 8,000 of them, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 8, whatever, with Brad Pitt, where one scene he was eating like shrimp cocktail. And in one scene he ate a bowl, literally two like frames later, he had a plate and then it would go back and forth to the plate. And it was just, it, ugh, it would bother me so bad. Um, but you see what I mean? Like shit like that just bugs me. And then there was just like one edit where there was like a noise that I think it's Bethany grunting going, ugh. But it was just like, they were talking like the, ugh. And then it was back into the conversation. I was like, what the fuck was that? Did somebody fart? Like, ugh. That just, I don't know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not listening to it the way that someone else would because of the fact that I have been trained in this for most of my life, but uh, that bugged me. And that always bothers me when people that are celebrities think, oh, I'll just do a podcast. Like I've listened to a lot of the podcasts from the Bravo Liberty world. Like I've listened to Nick Vale's project or podcast, which he's not in the Bravo Liberty part, but 
it's okay. Like it's, it's better than a lot. Um, I have listened to Stassi's podcast and I, I like, aside from all the shit that she did that was weird when she got fired from Bravo, I actually like her snarkiness and, you know, I might not be friends with her in real life, but like to listen to her and watch her on TV. Oh yeah. Like I, I dig her character, but I, I like the podcast that she has with her husband. Cause I like the two of theirs back and forth. Um, Sheena. Uh, I don't really love Sheena. She's not one of my favorites because I think she's a little two faced. However, comma, she does a really good job at her podcast. Like, especially when she's reading her commercials or spots as we call them in the industry, because she has really good diction. She knows how to like tell a story and it's not like this, like she, but she has a broadcasting degree. A lot of people don't know that about her. Like Lala Kent, uh, I like Lala's character. I like her story. I think she's got great style, but oh my God, when she's reading commercials, it's just like she's talking like this and reading it off a script. And so much of her podcast is like an inside joke. So much of it is like we went here and we saw this guy, Tony, and we saw the blah, 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 and like that is the killer. If you were a regular person trying to po- like start a podcast, you would literally get bumped to the street or ratings wise in radio because people hate that inside joke shit. She does well on her podcast because she's a Bravo celebrity, but it's just <laughs> like, I'm not shaming the game. Get your money, girl. But it's just as an art form, which I happen to think that this is this medium of radio and podcasting. <sighs> but that's just me on my tangent about audio quality. However, in this podcast with Bethany Frankel and Raquel Levis, I was so irritated to hear Bethany say so many fucking times, I've never seen the show. I only watched this. I only watched that. Like what? You did the cliff notes about this. And then you're going to speak upon what happened and the severity of what she did versus what she didn't do versus her getting emotionally abused versus Ariana being wrong for the thing that she said to her in the, in the reunion. I'm like, girl, no, like do your research. So yeah, there's been a couple of pot. Like I think Nick Vales did that too. Like he was like, "Oh, I don't watch the show," and I was like, "Okay, bloop, I'm not gonna pay attention to this because as a die-hard Bravo obsessor, I mean, my front porch Matt says, "Come back later, I'm watching Bravo." Like I've watched it so damn much, my husband knows the characters. I mean, not off the hand, but like if I asked him, like, "Hey, you remember this person?" I quizzed him anyway. It just if you're gonna do that and you're gonna get all of this ratings push off of that, then know your fucking subject before you act like you're the authority on anything. And aside from that, I'm shocked that Bethany was doing this. Because she seems like such a no bullshit person. And I already talked to you guys in the first part of this podcast that or, you know, the part one of me talking about Bethany Frankel and Raquel Levis doing an interview together, you would thought that she wouldn't put up with this shit. Like, yeah, you like she didn't, like, really say to her, like, you're wrong for doing this. All they talked about was money and the ratings and how nobody's getting kickback and how Bravo's making millions of dollars on this. And, okay, maybe it's not exactly fair that... Raquel is supposedly broke, which bullshit because Lisa Vanderbilt came out and she said she got paid $365,000 for season 10. What is it? Like eight episodes? You know how fucking money that is? Like one episode is most people's paycheck per year. Shut up. That's not to mention all the kickback you got in endorsements. You saw her asking for a discount 
in one of the episodes when she got that lightning bolt necklace. So you know that she got endorsements. I can go right now to her Instagram and pick out about 10 supposedly just lifestyle posts that are 150% endorsements, period. And she talks about, you know, being emotionally abused. I am not the authority or nor am I a psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor. That's not me. As someone that has been emotionally abused before, I don't know that I would be reacting to some of this stuff the way that she is. If that was truly the case or if that was a catch phrase or a catchy thing to say right now. And I'm going to get to the other side of that in a second. It's just... she seems very aloof to it all. You know, when she speaks, it's very practiced and very pageant-like, which would be very indicative of her because that's all she ever wanted to do her whole life. But when she talks about how she was not going to come back to Bravo, no way, fuck that, no how, but yet they asked her to come back originally and she was in negotiations, but what she wanted was equal pay, with Tom and Ariana, which however shitty Tom is and however that's such whatever, they've been mainstays, not Ariana, but Tom has been a mainstay since Jump on the entire series for 11, 10 or 11 years. Ariana came not soon after that. So both of them about eight years longer than her. The relationship was theirs. And yeah, okay, you're saying, well, I'm not just the mistress. Well, girl, you are literally the girl that is just with somebody on the show. That's what you were, whether you want to believe it or not. And then you talk about, like, this was your one chance as being single to break out and show your character and show who you were, but yet you chose to do this with it. It's like she said she wanted Bravo to pay for her treatment, and now she's broke because of her treatment. To me, this sounded like a bid for endorsements. This sounded like a bid for money. And that's why she did this interview. I'm going to say this sort of harshly, and I don't care. Like, you got paid for what you did with Bravo for Bravo, right? They wanted to bring you back to give you money, but because you weren't getting as much money as your other castmates that have been on the show six, seven years longer than you, and you are only known for this portion of doing something shitty. However much you might be a good person to your core, however much you were out of character, however much you are remorseful, which I don't really believe, you shouldn't get fucking paid to do something shitty. Why does Bravo owe you payment for a facility to help you with the recourse of what you did? Because according to her, she had these issues before with other boyfriends. She said her first boyfriend was scared of commitment. And, you know, like there was, obviously it wasn't healthy. She said so. Then there was James, who he did verbally abuse you, 100%. I mean, that was really toxic. The way he treated you was bullshit. But then because of that, you go and you latch on to Tom, who was taken with somebody for 10 years. They were freezing eggs and having that possibility. Like, this was supposed to be her life partner or what she believed. Why, why do you get paid for that? Like, ugh. That grossed me out. It really did. Another thing that grossed me out in this part three of this interview uh, 
is when she started talking about the dog, Graham. That was her dog with James Kennedy. And she was saying that she, the dog bit her mom's hand to the bone and had bit her before as well. And the dog was aggressive. So she had to put the dog into a shelter to find placement for a home. And then apparently they couldn't find placement for the home for the dog at all. So they looked at his microchip, found out it was her dog, which was supposedly some sort of violation because it was supposed to be confidential. And they contacted Lisa Vanderpump with, you know, obviously the connection. And then she gave the dog to James. She kept accusing James of being an unfit dog parent. <laughs> well, you were the one that dropped him off as a shelter. I mean, she said that like, oh, I was in this facility and I couldn't take care of him. I had to stay here so I couldn't find a home for him. But yet you could have said, hold on a second. You could have called Lisa Vanderpump and said, hey, this is what's happening. Can you maybe help oversee? The- I don't know. You could have done more than what it sounds like you did. And you're saying that James Kennedy is a bad dog parent because supposedly he was the one that made Graham bite because he was, she said something weird that he would play with him and make him bite his hand because he liked that sensation. I was like, what the fuck sick kind of weird. Are you accusing him of having some sort of fetish like that? It was so strange. Like she dropped another weird bomb like that too. When she was talking about Ariana and the amount of money that she has now and the amount of money that she got off of endorsements that have put a down payment on her new home. And then she slipped in there. She's like, I mean, yeah, it was like really weird of her too or slimy or whatever she said because she slipped right in under Brock because Brock, Sheena's husband was going to buy that. But I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The details don't matter. Girl, you just drop that in there to make her look bad. Which, if that's true, sure. But if you're so truly remorseful, you don't drop those fucking nuggets like that. I just, she, I, like, honestly, I agree with Lala. Like, I smell snake. Like, there are people that truly do have really bad mental illnesses, and they have been, like, dealing with all this stuff. And I'm not going to sit here and say that she hasn't, but you can be mentally ill and still be a dick. You know, like, you don't get to use that excuse for everything. I mean, I have... I could say it like, I, yeah, I have certain mental challenges. Okay. I've been diagnosed with ADHD, with depression, with anxiety, with PTSD, diagnosed. Do I use that as an excuse to go around with sleep with other people's boyfriends on national television and then get paid for it? Whatever. I don't know. Like, I just, I felt so slimy listening to it. And that's why I felt so, like, ick. There was Bethany Frankel, because I've always respected her hustle. I still do. I've respected that she literally came from nothing. Like, she says it herself, that she was ready to sell her handbags. And, you know, she's sold engagement rings to, you know, do a down payment on this, that, and the third. Which, yeah, hey, I sold an engagement ring to get, you know, my car. But I've, I wasn't, like, schlepping around for rich men for down payments. I'm not saying that she was. Rachel, maybe, but I was bummed that this is the stance that she was taking. Like she started crying at one point when she's like, I'm so sorry. Like you could be my daughter. I don't know. I feel like if her daughter Bryn did this in 10 years, she would be singing a different tune in private. You know, like I don't know her mothering style at all, but she says that she's strict. I feel like she would be there for her daughter, obviously, but she wouldn't be like coddling the situation. 
the way that it seems like she is now because she's in front of this national microphone and she wants these ratings and she's being careful about, well, I don't want to get her on the show and like berate her. Like she was like, oh, I flew to you. And that's a big deal because I never do that. Like, oh God, I wanted to make you feel comfortable. No, you wanted the scoop. But it's just, she did have, there was some poignant things in there. Like, when Ariana like went off on her at the reunion and she was like, Oh, F yourself with a cheese grater. You're diabolical. You're diabolical, diabolical. You're demented, blah, 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 blah. Like all this stuff. And when she read the transcript back and you hear all the horrible things that they said to her in their entirety. Yeah, it was harsh. Can I blame Ariana for saying those things? Because would I say somebody say that if this happened with my husband or my life partner? Fuck yeah, I would. Fuck yeah, I would. And here's the weird dichotomy between what Rachel is saying is emotional abuse. Because she, in the beginning of all this interview, in the first part of the podcast, said that like she thought that she was doing her job. I'm paraphrasing here, but she was just like, oh, you know, I it's your job to, you know, be salacious and get more money. And like, I wanted to do a good job. So they tell you, blah, 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 blah. They dangle this carrot and the people that are so drama filled and you did, blah, 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 they make more money. Like, that's what you wanted. You were hooking yourself to these people to be a mainstay on this network. So when you sit here and say that you were trying, like, you don't want to do reality TV, bullshit. You said no because of the money, because you thought they would either raise it up or there'd be more out there for you by doing this and like, you know, crying about it not being fair for endorsements. But what I was saying is that she said like she justified her actions at first or like semi justified them with that. But yet it's not okay for Ariana after you fucked her boyfriend in her house while she was going to her grandmother's funeral. It's not okay for her to be salacious and get the ratings on Bravo. Okay, it just feels like if she would have gotten more money, 100% she would have been back. I have no doubt she'll be back on something at some point. But it seemed out too like every time Bethany would say something to her, it was like, yeah, that's it. That, like she doesn't, I don't know. It seems like there's some screws loose there. And I don't know which ones, but I don't even think tightening the bolts would do it for her. I don't think she's as innocent as she plays. And I could be wrong. I mean, if I were to interview her, I would love that. Actually, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. There's something about her that makes me skeezed out. And it's not even, it's just, I don't know. I think Lala was right back in the day when she was just like, you know, there's a snake there. Because this just seems shitty. You don't go into a facility for three months and say that you're completely changed and you've learned all of this, but then you sit there in the same fucking token and talk about money. Yeah, it's a job, but you don't get paid for that. Like, I do think that reality TV needs to hone in on not supporting people doing bad shit for money because they are influencers on the biggest platform. I don't want my sons growing up thinking that that's the cool thing to do. Like when I look at Tom Sandoval and he said like, Ugh, ugh I would never. Ew. Um, but when she was asked like what she was going to do now, she's like, I just want to do like, I want to take my situation and like do some good in the world. Like, ugh, 
put the pageant pageant crown on her head. Like she never got it. Like I swear to you, somebody make her a custom one because she. Did, ugh. It's gross. And she's now, which y'all know I'm going to love this. She's saying that she wants to do a podcast and get excerpts opinions. And she's like, I mean, because it's untouched and like nobody wants to talk about like being the mistress ever. First of all, that's been talked about a lot. And I swear to you, like what I talked about, about audio quality and diction and all of that stuff. I'm not always perfect. But she just heard voice like, oh, it's like she's straining to speak at all. And I'm not making fun of that, but I don't want to listen to it in long periods of time. Honestly, that was like part of the reason why it took me so long to listen to it. Not only that I was annoyed and rolling my eyes at the entire thing, but I was just like, God, your voice is painful. So I started to listen to Lala Kent's podcast about it today. And I only got a few few like 20 minutes in or whatever but Lala seems for as much as she was coming for her on the reunion she said that like she wants everybody to move on leave her alone let her live her life and that she like sympathizes with her a little bit at least she's softer that than she was before so she also touched upon that she thinks that it's like bullshit that Raquel was saying that her and Ariana were not best friends. I think so too. Um, but then you know, like another Bravo celebrity that got in the mix was uh, Stassi. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. She was slamming Bethany Frankel for criticizing Ariana Maddox for what she said. She was like, um, it was almost like uh, Bethany was trying to make Ariana look bad. She said, it's like that, not the route we should be taking right now. Ariana hasn't done anything wrong. I agree. And she said, what is this? Trying to say that we're not good friends. Ariana's making so much money now. She's still living in, with Sandoval. She said, wait, she's not living with Sandoval because she's forgiven him. She's living with Sandoval because she's like, this is my house too. And I refuse to leave on my own. Oh, okay. So she was talking about why they're still living together. Well, she's getting another house. But yeah, I honestly, like, I love Bethany Frankel. And I just, uh, like, I understand why Bethany took the interview. I just don't understand, like, yeah, like, she, but oh, even Stassi said that. She's just like, I don't understand. There's another issue I had. I understand Bethany taking this interview. What I don't understand is how she didn't, when she found out she was going to do the interview, go binge watch seasons one through fucking 10 so that she knew everything and do her research. Exactly. It was lazy. It was a fucking lazy interview. I just hear her talk the way Bethany talked about Ariana Scandal living together. It was a lazy interview. She did not do her research. She doesn't understand anything. Yes. Agreed. This is like somebody seeing the outtakes of something. They see a relationship that looks bad on the outside. They, they fight at a party, they leave and then they're in there saying, Oh my God, this is doomed to hell. Blah, 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 blah. But there's no inside track to anything else that could be going on. I don't know. Like Bethany's a great reality TV star. She's a great, great businesswoman. Podcaster? I don't know. She's had some big, big interviews. Maybe this is the big, the biggest one to date. Not the biggest person, but like the biggest like ratings hook. You should have done your fucking research. Again, this is why I go back to it annoys me. When everybody thinks, oh, radio is not that hard. Podcasting is not that hard. Yes, it is. It's an art. I think podcasting is way harder than radio, honestly. It's harder to get people to hook you in. It's, it's, it's harder to be long form and be, you know, somewhat of a good storyteller. I don't know. 
And Rachel, oh my God, like, ugh. Like, there's real talent out there that doesn't get noticed at all. And then this one's going to get a podcast. Like, stop it. She was trying to say at the end that she's like, oh, I'm not trying, going back to L.A. I'm just, like, examining cities and just kind of, like, not planning it out right now. Bitch, you are waiting for an endorsement. You're waiting for something. I don't know. I'm not going to begrudge her if she gets an endorsement off of this because, you know, whatever. You follow the money. I've done it. But I haven't done this. I haven't, like, capitalized on somebody's misgivings that I was literally in bed with. I, no. I'm getting hyped about this. I don't know. I just feel like it was, a, it was like Saucy Schroeder said, a lazy interview, and it was also just irresponsible, I feel like, for fine if you have a stance on it. If you're saying like, oh, a woman's voice can be so powerful, and you're posting the pictures with her on your Instagram, which you don't see her do often. Like, I haven't seen many that she's posted with her guests on her personal Instagram, and this is the one she chooses. Like, I just think this is a lot to do with her little reality reckoning plan. And I don't know. Do I feel like people should get residuals for things if the thing blows up? Absolutely. Do I think Raquel should get residuals for that season? Yeah, because she was a part of it and it went down and they chose to film it. They chose to start filming again to get all of this. So if there's some kickback there, does she deserve it? Yes. But... Does she deserve to have Bravo pay for her treatment? No. Because it seems like these were deep-seated before. This was a thing before. And even still, if you do something fucked up, it doesn't mean that they have to baby you through it. Like, I don't know. Ugh. Any who's If you didn't like <laughs> Scandaval or you never watched it, hopefully you got a little bit of inside knowledge about how this whole podcasting radio thing works. But I hope you guys have a really great weekend. The kiddos got a birthday party this weekend. I'm going to get some orders out this weekend. And don't forget, I'm going to be out at Essex Day, September 16th. If you guys are part of the We Got This fam, you got to use come out and use your coupons and get your goodie that I have for you. And I also posted some new merch on reallyrallypodcast.com. Uh, I know you guys have been asking me to do crystal jewelry, and I did. If you want to sign up and you want to support the Really Rally Podcast, I'd appreciate it. Uh, really Rally Podcast. Dot com, really rarely podcast at gmail.com. Text line is 410-604-8895. I will talk to you guys on Monday and thank you so much for listening. It's really Riley.